you are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Matis. Adam, after the success of the All-Star Game and after watching the Lakers beat the hell out of the Warriors, I'm kind of wondering if the NBA should institute Elam endings for blowouts. Ooh, well, no, but it is a fun <laughs> idea. <laughs> I do like a mercy rule. Actually... The NBA would be fun if there was like a 30 point rule. If you got behind by 30 points, it's just autumn. That's it. It's over. Yeah. That could has, be fun. Has there ever been a comeback from 30? Ooh, that'd be a good. Yeah, probably. Almost certainly. Not too many. Are you thinking maybe it's more like 20? In today's NBA, I just feel like there are a lot of big comebacks, but yeah. it would be fun if a team was up 20 and say that in Mark is 25. It'd be fun to see the team up 25, like put the starters back in, you know, like <laughs> just end it. <laughs> yeah. They're going for it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would want to see. So the way I was kind of thinking of it, if you're entering the fourth quarter with a 25 point or more lead, you should play to 110. Well, okay. Yeah. Cause, Oh, Usually, or you can just add 10 points or you can just add 10 points yeah, and be like yeah. okay 10 points on the top yeah kind of like they do yeah um you know it's not gonna happen I as much as I am a fan of these and maybe we can institute them in other areas like summer league and maybe this tournament whatever yeah I I just don't like when it messes up statistics yeah I, I mean we all like that, that LeBron LeBron's chasing Kareem yeah like you know we all like that stuff and if you start going well you know five games a year they didn't play a fourth quarter (laughs) (laughs) for Giannis will have played (laughs) oh man for real well but but even there though because it's not like Giannis is playing during that dead time that you would be cutting out with this Elam ending anyway right like that would be and Mike Mike it's funny because Michael Malone here in Denver um 25 point lead starters are in until the final like three minutes it's just he's got a little Thibodeau energy there where it's like I've seen I've seen teams come back like you literally haven't never seen a team come back from that big Tibbs Tibbs energy is that what we're gonna call that yeah yeah big Tibbs energy there you go (laughs) today's show as per usual we're gonna bounce around the league with the games from last night uh then we are going to talk about we're gonna we're gonna start up the NBA stock exchange Adam is gonna give me seven teams and I'm gonna tell him whether or not I'm buying or selling those teams and then finally, as we have been doing basically since the start of the season, we are going to power rank something. This time, Adam is going to give us the top 10 most polarizing players in the league. Uh, not in terms of, you know, character or anything like that, but but the reaction that you get when you talk about that player. Uh, let's start, yeah. though, with those games. Uh, the I think the most notable game of the night was the Pacers beating the Trailblazers 106 to 100. Uh, the, the Blazers are still trying to hang yeah. on to the last vestiges of a playoff berth. It just doesn't look like it's going to happen. The the, the Pacers just, you know, it was, it was close enough. C.J. McCollum played well enough, but but I just I just don't think the Trailblazers have the firepower to to compete with the teams that are the, that are heading into the playoffs. Well, I think number one, Miles Turner had a huge shot in this game, the finisher to kind of close it out because it, poor Indiana was actually. This game was, looks closer than what it actually was down the stretch. Indiana yeah. had a 10-point cushion for most of that fourth, and then uh, it got close. Miles Turner had a really clutch three-pointer to kind of seal it. But to your point, Portland really needs Damian Lillard and Yusef Nurkic back, and it's kind of mm-hmm. crazy because they're both right around the corner, Anthony. And I think if they can get both of those guys back, and you know, with Nurkic, who knows, he's missed a year who knows what kind of level he can get to. But there is this sort of hope of if you can just hold on for a second, 
you know, you might be able to get it. They've lost five of six now, including two to New Orleans, one to Memphis. Those are the teams they're trying to catch. Yeah. So it's a that's why I think to your point, you're, I understand why you want to throw in the towel. I'm just not there yet. Here, here's their schedule, Anthony. At Orlando, at Atlanta. So they got two more games on this road trip. Mm-hmm. They come home for Washington, and then they're at Phoenix. So none of those teams are good, but they're all kind of on the road. Yeah, and they're they like on the road. You that. fly from Orlando to Portland. That's a long flight, even though it's a home game. It's just that's kind of a travel game. Mm-hmm. After that, there's a good chance they have six game homestand after that. There's a good chance you get Lillard back and Nurk sometime between now and then. So if they can weather the next four games and maybe sweep it all, I, I kind of think they're alive again and and maybe right there neck and neck with New Orleans as the favorite to get it. It's just can they? They're getting injury bad injury luck right now at the worst possible time. It's kind of like that action movie scene that you see in every single action movie where like the the second guy is hanging onto a cliff, right? He's like holding on, he's holding on, he's holding on, then he slips, and then the, the, the main guy comes in and grabs his hand and pulls him back up. Like that's what <laughs> Portland is hoping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what Portland is hoping for. Uh the next game here on the docket, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the, the Sacramento Kings. Uh Chris Paul was was pretty phenomenal down the stretch of this one. And, you know, the Kings are the Kings. Well, it is, the Kings are the Kings and the Thunder are the Thunder. The sneaky most clutch team in the NBA yeah. this year. Like they keep <laughs> winning down the stretch. And you mentioned Chris Paul was brilliant. This is it, it's funny that this we're not going to think of Oklahoma City when we think of Chris Paul. I don't think. Mm-hmm. But he's kind of having a very like this is a year that goes on his legacy for yeah. me. And and we'll see what happens in the playoffs and obviously that's where it's really written, but he has really commanded this team in some tight spots. And I wonder, Anthony, are the Thunder this year's team that's going to be a lower seed that nobody wants to play? I mean, you look at the contenders, maybe it's New Orleans, but they're going up against the Lakers. If it was anybody else, maybe you could say that's a fight, but it's the Lakers. Then you got Dallas, you've got Oklahoma City, and then I don't know who the, you know, maybe the Utah Jazz. Maybe the Jazz. To me, I think think Oklahoma City is the team that's the toughest draw. Yeah, I'd rather play Utah than OKC. What about Dallas? Dallas scares me because they could just get hot. Like they're playing that variance game and they can just get crazy hot. But, but yeah. you know, OKC having those playoff, you know, having having Chris Paul being able to control things in a playoff series. Like if you're a young team, I wouldn't want to play OKC. Mm. Uh, let's go. Yeah. Uh, the Sixers, the shorthanded Sixers playing without Joel Embiid and without Ben Simmons uh, knock off the, the uh, New York Knicks who, man. Poor Knicks, poor Knicks <laughs> yeah. fans. Uh, but but how do you feel about the the Embiid and now Simmons injuries? Like how how, how do you think they they uh, tread water here? Well, the latest reports on Embiid are that you know the shoulder injury, no structural damage. So I think 76ers dodged a bullet there because if you yeah. lost both of those guys for extended period of time, I mean, just you know, it's over. But it might still be on life support. You know, the Ben Simmons thing is very scary. Yeah. Anytime you're talking about back nerve damage and, and and that kind of, I mean, best case scenario, you're hoping it just gets better over the next several weeks to months. Mm -hmm. So to me, this is just a season from hell from Philadelphia and it's coming at sort of the worst possible time. Anthony, we talked about this might be a sort of like, you know, make, you know, last, last stand for this group. And maybe if it doesn't go well, you make a trade, but You'd at least like to see what it looks like healthy. You don't want the last stand to be a year where Simmons just doesn't play and Embiid's hurt or whatever. Yeah. So I am concerned. And then look at their schedule coming up, Anthony. 
at Lakers, at Clippers, their next two, then at Sacramento, at Golden State. Those two games are easier, but it's still on the road. I mean, they they could really fall here, and I, and I just have a feeling they're going to be on the road in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, they might be. Is there is there a more underrated what if than what if the league never forces Sam Hinkie out of his position? <laughs> um, I yeah, I mean, it, it is wild to think that this was a team that had a motto: trust the process. It it right when it was starting to bear fruit, right. they stopped trusting the process. I mean, it was it's literally <laughs> it the wasn't exact they. Moment, it so. wasn't them who started trust. Un- well, trust- it was. I, I, we can put our conspiracy hats a little bit. It was, and you're not wrong. I'm just yeah. saying there was more to the story. I don't think it was like gun to your head or you know whatever, <laughs> but um, pressured maybe be the better word. This wasn't a Chris Paul. No, we're not doing it. You know, yeah. that was an actual league decision, but. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. Philadelphia, this is a this is has really turned into a season for from hell for them. I just can't see this season ending happy for them. Yeah, yeah, it feels a lot like that Dwight Miller season for the Lakers. And then finally, speaking of the Lakers, uh, they just kind of play ugly throughout the first half, and then realize, oh yeah, that's right, we're playing the twelve win Warriors in the second and blow them out. Uh, I thought the big change in that game was that starting unit just starting to play faster because you know when Ron when Rajon Rondo was walking the ball up the court, the Lakers are just kind of doomed. Uh, on both ends because they aren't scoring on one end and uh, they aren't good enough defensively with him out there. So once they picked up the pace, they ran the Warriors off the court and and that was just about it. Yeah, also, like you said, it was the Warriors. I mean, this was a game that even without LeBron, they were going to win. Draymond yeah. getting tossed helps. I mean, then you're really talking about a G League team. You know but what? Here's the goal. I respect it. I, I, I would have wanted <laughs> I wanted out too. Yeah. Well, only question for you on this game, though, Anthony. Steph Curry's coming back. I think on Sunday, right? Mm-hmm. Are 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 well, you honest? Maybe. I know, I know, you hate everything outside of Staples Center and including inside Staples Center. But do you are you excited for Steph Curry to be back in the NBA? Absolutely, absolutely. I think me, the people, me too. I think the people who were who were saying like, oh, just rest him and get a, a higher draft pick are are a just objectively wrong from a draft pick standpoint. It's not a very good draft this year, so. It doesn't really matter yeah. whether that yeah. like whether you get a higher one or whatever. And then the other thing too is just like I, I like a league with its superstars playing. It's a superstar league. Give me all the superstars. <laughs> and he, he, he's such a unique one. I mean, we have a lot of great shooters in this league, but he's uh, just in a class all his own. And it was fun watching him shoot those logo threes. You see the video of him just draining yeah. logo three after logo three. I mean, the guy. It's it's exciting for a team that doesn't matter but gets a lot of West Coast television. I'm glad they'll have something that I'm excited to watch. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's take a a quick second here. When we come back, we are going to play the stock exchange. All right, fair warning, Adam. But in high school, I was the, the class's highest stock trader. For for that, like how how high how high were you? Uh, well, I bought I bought way in. I remember the stock still to this day. It was SunWest Microsystems. It was like a five cent stock that I just I just bought. I had ten thousand dollars to work with. I just bought all of that stock. And by the time, <laughs> <laughs> by, by the time the thing was over, I think SunWest was over like four bucks. So I was like a zillionaire. <laughs> Bernie well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's yeah, there, there, there. Uh, all right. Very, so, very good work, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm just warning you because, you know, we're about to play the stock exchange here. So, you know, can I can I buy like the Washington Wizards at three pennies? 
You know, who knows? Anthony, you're just going to sell every team outside of Los Angeles, so I'm ready for it. <laughs> All right, who's your first team that I should buy or sell? So I'll preface it by saying that the way this game works yeah, is on. that you're just going to take their current record, their current standing, and say, are they, you know, are you buying because you think they are going to go up or just that they are better than what their record says or are you going to sell because you think they're actually a little bit worse than what their record says that's that's sort of the gist of it so yeah so we're, we're, um, we're keeping this this single season not organizationally moving forward correct correct yeah. just right yeah just right now yeah. um first one up here the miami heat i'm buying them i'm buying them i because philly's gonna drop you know and, and i think uh they are probably the the third best team in the conference right there between fourth 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 uh, i i don't milwaukee, know milwaukee boston toronto i i i don't know where i go i think i think boston toronto and miami are all in like a weird three-way tie so i don't know if we're doing like a second team <laughs> i don't know how we're we're doing wow that. that's it okay so that means man <laughs> you were inadvertently selling the celtics and rappers and this is what i <laughs> that's what i gather <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think they're all really good teams, and I. I so I, does this? Well, let me let me let me tell you one thing here. So Milwaukee nine and one in their last ten. Yeah. Toronto eight and two. Boston eight and two. The Heat three and seven. They're on a bit of a slide right now. Buying so buying like if they're that means I'm getting them, right, I'm getting know. even lower than I could be. I'm playing the stock yeah, exchange. That's a little dip. <laughs> okay, that's a little dip. All right, yeah. uh, that's that's interesting. All right, speaking of buying on a little bit of a dip here, this next team, um, you know, everybody's fire selling at the moment. The Utah Jazz <laughs> lost four in a row. Um, they they benched Conley before they didn't, and now uh, they're. They're on the struggle bus. Are you buying or selling the Utah Jazz? All right, David, don't listen, but I'm selling the Utah Jazz. <laughs> I'm I'm really selling them. I'm selling hard too because, like, it's as they found out, you can't just bench a thirty-eight million dollar player. Like, that's not something that is done in the NBA. And and Mike Conley's going to have to play some kind of role. And I don't think he fits at all. And and we see this with small point guards sometimes. They just they fall off a cliff. And that might be what, we, yeah. what we're seeing here with Conley. And it's tough because we have the sample size now of him being out of the lineup, you know, to injury and then them playing really, really well. So mm -hmm. it does seem like there's a solution, but maybe an unpalatable one or, or, or one that for what I don't I don't want to assume too much in this situation, Anthony, could have been, but it, it, whatever it is, it seems like they're going to stick with him. And it, it's tough here, Anthony, because you're selling them. And right now they're the sixth seed in, in the West. I guess you could make a case for like them being worse than the six seed, but to me, I think they're probably in the right spot right now. They're just two weeks ago we thought maybe they were like three, four, five. Now they're six and kind of like clearly below the number five. Mm -hmm. I think that's the real rub. I wouldn't be surprised if they fell even further. I well, they're only they're... a game up of Dallas. So yeah. Right so I, I could see yeah. them falling down to the seven spot and and then they lose in the first round to the Clippers. I think that's Here's how the team you're goes. gonna. The team you're gonna have to pay a premium on, maybe with the hottest player in the NBA right now, the Boston Celtics. <laughs> I have to sell. I like. I'm. I... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you don't have to, Anthony. It's not. You're not contractually <laughs> obligated as a Lakers uh, writer and podcaster. I mean, you can. Kind of am. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, no, I mean, so, I, but in all seriousness, bi biases, though, you... biases aside, I. I I do kind of think at some point we're going to see some regression here from Jason Tatum. Not that, not that he might not be special down the line. I just don't think he's this. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to predict yeah. that he's this moving forward for the rest of the season. It, 
I've always loved his footwork. I've always loved his mechanics. I think everything about his individual game I've loved. And it just sometimes players like that. It comes together for him all at once. Like there's all these little pieces yeah. and they're adding them and then it comes together. I understand the regression of the mean because uh, I mean he's just been absolutely on fire lately. But I'm buying the Celtics team. Wow. I'm I'm buying them because I think they're actually going to be the team that tests Milwaukee in the playoffs. And right now they're the three seed. They're one game behind the Toronto Raptors. I think they might be the second best team in the in the East right now. I think they're too small to test Milwaukee. Well, we'll find out. It'll I, be an I, interesting I think, one because you, you, when Giannis gets in playoff mode, like he's just doing whatever he can to get to the rim. And I, I think they, I don't think you stop. I don't think you stop Giannis on the perimeter. You stop him closer to the rim, or you sagway off him within fifteen feet. And I don't think that's how Boston can guard him. I don't think they're big enough to do that. Next team up, the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm buying. I'm buying okay. a lot of that stock. You're buying Zion. I, I am. Yes, exactly. We just switched spots there for a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I am so I am so flabbergastedly impressed by Zion. It is so phenomenal to watch this guy who, like, very clearly doesn't understand the 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 tactics the, the the tactics that go into playing NBA basketball. But doesn't matter. St- but still, is just so dominant. <laughs> he he plays like, and and a lot of people have used this this uh, comparison. But he plays like you know how in high school, uh, football season would end, and then the football players would join the basketball team, and sure. and those guys would come in and they'd be they play super physically. They come in with fo- football <laughs> mentality. They foul out of every game. Zion's not going to foul <laughs> out because you know he's 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 a superstar. But but he they foul out of every game and they're just way more physical than everybody and and they set a completely different tone. Zion is that uh plus just He's other... so physical. Yes, <laughs> he's so physical. <laughs> poor poor AD was trying to move him and just flat out couldn't. It was just not happening. I'm buying them too. I really like the Pelicans. I wish Zion didn't miss as much time cuz I yeah. mean, if Zion didn't miss any time this year or you know, missed 5 6 games, regular amount of games for a player you know, who knows where the Pelicans would be? I have to think that they would be up there maybe in the 6-7 conversation, you know, right there with the Dallases and the Utahs. Why not? They're not that far uh, behind as is, 10 games behind. So um, I don't know. I, I'm buying them, but they have an uphill game right now. They're three games behind Memphis, uh, a game behind Portland, tied with San Antonio. They just There's just a lot going on. So uh, I'm curious, but I want them in the playoffs. Let me ask you this. If they are in the playoffs, I think the Lakers beat them just because the Lakers are really good. And, you know, the Pelicans is, are the scrappy underdog or whatever, but they still have, you know, they're still inexperienced. But would you be worried at all, like you just said, poor AD? Would you be worried at all that just you have to throw your team into that physical dogfight and, like, let Anthony Davis get beat up and banged <laughs> against by a Zion for four games or five or whatever it would take? Like I said, I would love it if, the Pelicans not just, you know, made it into the playoffs, but also leapfrogged a team or two when they got there. You want the jazz. You're ready for the Utah jazz. Yes, I want the like... jazz like as they're getting ready to quit on everybody. Like I just I, I want that. <laughs> I want that, yeah. that that series way more than I want, because even even Memphis would be kind of like that, too, where they're just so long and so athletic that those, you know, four or five games that it takes to beat them feel like more than four or five games. Yeah, the Denver Nuggets. What are we defining as buying? So, so they're they're, they're the they're the two seed at the at the moment. Yeah, so they aren't. I I mean, I I can't buy on them, right? Because I don't think they're going to jump up higher to the one seed. But 
Like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I, but like in, in, in a larger scheme thing, like what are they capable of in the postseason? I, I really like them going into the postseason. I really, really do. They, they know their identity. Uh, and like we said last show, I really like those teams that play hard and, and like the kind of hard nosed coach, despite his hard nosedness. Now, eventually that's going right. to dissipate, but but this team has its identity. Jokic, we already saw what he can do in the postseason. I, I, you know, people just kind of make it a a two team race between the Lakers and Clippers. But I think the Nuggets should should kind of sneak into the lower end of that conversation. Yeah, I, I well, that brings me to my next one, which is probably a better one for you, and that's the Houston Rockets. Um, they're kind of on a tear right now. They're kind of figuring it out. Eight and two. Westbrook's playing some of the best basketball of his career. Not just yeah. just. You know, I mean, he's really just looks like he's found a spot. Um, are you buying them? Because they're on the rise. I'm buying them in the regular season, but I'm going to okay. sell them come the postseason. That's interesting. Cause, I, think, I think a lot of people are feeling that way. Because I, I, I don't think like they have to play so hard to be successful. And now they have. They've they've happily played that hard. And they, you know, they added two more guys that are in that kind of six, eight, six, six to six, eight, six, nine range or whatever. So that they can just keep, you know, cycling through those guys, uh, and and that that allows you to continue to play really fast. Think like Chip Kelly's early Oregon Ducks, right? And mm. and so I, I I like their you know identity in the in the regular season. I just think come postseason when you're allowed to play more physically and when the other teams are going to play just as hard, I think they're going to suffer a little bit. Okay. Well, that's all I got for you. The Houston's an interesting to me. Yeah. They're the wild card out the West. That's my wild card team. Cause I, I think they can win it all. And I think they can lose in the first round and they're such a mystery. They're so different. Um, <laughs> whoever draws them in whatever rounds, it's just going to be a pain in the neck. it's like, Oh, we have to throw out the rule book. We have to like completely change everything to guard this team. So they're the wild card to me. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it, their, their variance is insane, but that's exactly what they were looking for. Right. That's exactly yeah, what they were trying totally. to do is is increasing the high level of that variance. Uh, mm, let's totally. take a uh, another quick second here. When we come back, we're going to let Adam talk about the players he considers most polarizing in the NBA. All right, Adam. So far, we have done, you know, just your usual power rankings where we talk about teams, where they are, all that stuff. We've talked coaches. We've talked clutch gene. Now we're going to talk about the players who ignite the most uh, fire debates. Uh, I'll say that is how I'll put that uh, across NBA Twitter or wherever conversations about basketball are held. Who do you have coming in at number 10? Well, I, I just made a last second change, Anthony, <laughs> and I've taken Kyle Kuzma off. And here's why. I don't think people actually – I don't think he's actually controversial. I no. just think there's a lot of Lakers fans. <laughs> <laughs> no, but even – That's all there is. Even, like, even Lakers fans this season have been pretty annoyed by Kuzma. You, you know why? Because you always need to have the one guy that your your fan base just irrationally overrates. And now it's Caruso, who's actually good. Who's really you know, good. Like he's an actually good player. <laughs> so he's repl- he's good. He's like a good like – he's like a very good role player. But he's replaced Kuzma. So now they're like, well, Kuzma wasn't actually that. We have we have the actual guy over here in Caruso. So um, so I took Kuzma off. So Caruso, number 10, Caruso got MVP chance at the <laughs> – in San Francisco last night. 
oh man, turns out I'm bad at math, Anthony, and um, Kuzma is on my list. Unless I accidentally deleted somebody, which would be so Adam. So Kuzma comes in tenth. All right. Um, I, I don't. But it is dying. I think it's the last year he's on this list because at the start of the year there was a lot of people. You yeah. know, oh, he's he Agreed can't be included completely. in the trade and this and that. And I think now it's like, all right, he's just this dude with with dyed hair that yep. shoots fallaways and misses him. Um, <laughs> next one up is is Draymond. And I I didn't want to put him on here, Anthony. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to put him on here because he is a three-time champion. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Pete, there's still a lot of people out there that say, oh, yeah, at a 12-win team now, <laughs> look what happens once KD leaves. And uh, I hate it. I disagree with it. I, I am polarized on this. I am on one very far end of the spectrum. I think he's great. But there's a lot of people that think he's not. I... <laughs> I'm somewhere in the middle, but I I I can't lie. I f- I fall closer to the side of like the system really helped Draymond. Well, so the, Ethan Strauss shared this, which was one of my all-time favorite quotes I've ever heard. Where it was, I guess, some trash talk between Westbrook and Draymond, and Westbrook is telling him, "You're just a role player, bro. You're just a role player." And he goes, "Yeah, you're right. I'm a great role player. Yeah, you're a terrible superstar." <laughs> I love that line so much. <laughs> All right, I'm back on your side. (laughs) I'm Team Draymond. (laughs) It's like the best line ever. I love Draymond. Um, He also murdered Paul Pierce. Remember last year? Or Paul Pierce's last season? What did he say? (laughs) Pierce was like, they got into like, they got into back and forth. And he was like, you wanted a farewell farewell tour. tour. You think you're Kobe? You're not. Oh my God. (laughs) That is a good one. You're right. Paul Pierce didn't, does not get a farewell (laughs) tour. Um, Number eight on my list, Carmelo Anthony. Another guy that when he came back into the league, everybody had a take on him. Yes. Yeah. He's. This is a good that's a good way to talk about this because Kobe had a lot of this too, right? He's he'll go Kobe will go down as one of the most polarizing players of all time because it was impossible He's to watch Kobe. He's the most Kobe. polarizing like all-time great or yeah. one of the most I guess I should say. And it was impossible to watch Kobe and not have a take on him, right? Melo is yeah. the same oh. way and he's this guy who, you know, was a terrible superstar, kind of bought back into whatever it took to stay in the league. And and then, you know, came back and was a cool story this year. And, and you know, some people acknowledge that some people stuck by their guns with mellow underachieved. And, and I, I, that's what makes polarization. Yeah. And even just he this year, I mean, honestly. like we said, we're talking about this as a power ranking. So it's recency. But, um, yeah, just even this year, it's it, it's it's funny because Portland's kind of the same. <laughs> As they were before they got him, (laughs) you know, like depending on which angle you kind of look at it, you can kind of say, oh, yeah, it's because of him or this or whatever. Um, The next guy on my list, I'm not going to lie, Anthony, was a lot higher Mm -hmm. uh, two months ago, a lot higher on this list. But he has fallen. It's Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it's Russell. What Westbrook is like Kobe is going to be one of a player that everybody has a take about. You know, oh, ruined KD or, you know, he's the reason they never got over the hump or whatever. But it's funny how he's having a little renaissance right now. Not that he needed one. I mean, he's a guy that's averaged a triple-double for three three or four seasons in a row. But he's having a little renaissance because he's been so dynamic and so fun in Houston over this last month. Yeah, I watched, I've watched a few of their games because I can't lie. I've, I really enjoyed watching Houston during this experiment. It's, it's so much fun yeah. to watch. And he's the guy who my eyes were just like, just kind of drawn to more than anybody. Cause he's this, he has infinite turbo. Like, <laughs> you know, those players. Extreme that... athleticism is just so like attractive. And what I mean by attractive, like when you're watching, you can't not, you can't look away. And that's why Zion, like 
even when he's off ball, you're kind of just watching him because you're like, I don't want to miss the tomahawk that's about to come. It's the same with Westbrook where it's just like he's going to hit the turbo button and just fly down the court at any second. No, see, I, I think he always has his turbo button slammed down. Like it's like duct tape <laughs> down. It's always on turbo. Um, but I, I, stuck. I kind of sort of. You remember back in the day when you had the, the, the button and it would get stuck and then you would like, you know, you ride your bike off the cliff and you'd be like, dang it. <laughs> exactly. But. Uh, I I, I kind of want to disagree with you when you say that he didn't need a renaissance because he was having one of the worst season of his career. They make that oh, move that's good point. to, to, good point. to yeah. go to this experiment, and and he has had that renaissance. And I think he owes Maury a significant amount of money because that but was here, that was that was interesting to watch how differently he, he's looked un, under this new circumstance. And here's what I you know me, Anthony. I hate player rankings. And one of the reasons I hate him is because none of this stuff happens in a vacuum. Like the, yeah. a player like Westbrook has a lot of utility. It might be very narrowly focused, but like right now, Houston has built a team that really exploits what he's great at. Mm-hmm. And it's really unique and it's one of the most extreme teams we've ever seen. But it's like he is good at something. And a lot of times you can get a player, Draymond's another example of this, where he's really, really good if he's in the right setup. Yeah. That it doesn't to me, it doesn't diminish him. To say like, oh, he's not good in every setup. Like it, it's just some players are that way, but some players are really, really great when optimized. And I think Westbrook is one of those guys, and he's kind of optimized right now. That's why he slipped down this list. That's why. That's why he slipped down. He was like two. <laughs> um, Who you got next? next one up, number six, Nikola Jokic. And this is another guy that I feel like has, is falling down the list. I think two, three months ago he was a lot higher. Everybody had a take, but mm-hmm. um, you know. Fourth best record in the in the NBA at the very moment, and everybody kind of has a feeling of whether he's good, bad, in shape, out of shape, soft, tough, yeah. clutch, not the, like every every aspect of his game is controversial. The the tough part about Jokic, and I could see why it'd be frustrating to either be Jokic himself, which I don't think he cares about this anyway, but but he like, doesn't. <laughs> but like to be a Jokic fan or a Nuggets fan is that when Jokic is not playing well or is like obviously fat, he's a lightning rod for all that criticism. And then when he plays well, it's just like, oh, okay, all right. Here he goes. <laughs> well, he's also, a, he's also a guy that completely dominates a game at like 16 points. You yeah. know, like he can have a 16-point dominant performance. And it, there's not very many players that can do that. Yeah, yeah. That's That was so, how, I forget who it was. I think James Worthy said that about Magic Johnson, that – he could dominate a game at 10 points or fewer. You can't say that about right. all the guys. Uh, who's next on your list? Number five for me, and this is where the list gets a little more personal probably. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell. Okay. No, I think this is a really good one. I think he's somebody that everybody has to have a take on. When he got traded, I saw a lot of people taking enjoyment of the uh, Timberwolves losing a couple right when he got there. And then, you know, when he, when they, I think they just, they've, they just won at least one or a few games now in a row. Uh, and, and you got the other side of, of the aisle chiming in. Uh, yeah, it's impossible to watch him and not have a take about him. And I don't think that's ever going to change. I think he's going to be like that his entire career. But I think the reason he's on this list for me is that he's a, he's an all-star and he's got, I mean, he's one of the maybe 40, 30 most recognizable players and names. Like, he's just very popular. Mm-hmm. 
and I actually think he's kind of bad. Like he's actually a guy that I don't know that there's an optimized version of a team that is good with him. Like that. Oh, it's a Russell team that's just perfect for him. That the perfect Russell team is like a 35 win team, <laughs> 40 win team. <laughs> I I disagree. Like if you just surround him with enough athleticism that can shoot, then then you're he's in a great situation. How how many games is that team winning? Is he the best player? Yeah, but it, but there's a bunch of like good athletes and shit, whatever yeah. it is that makes 40, him great. Forty four ish. Like okay, that's that's that, that's good. All right, like we're on the same page, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, like um, I don't I don't think you want D'Angelo Russell to be your best player. Like I, I you know, but if he's and and this is tough because I don't think Carl Towns is is the the perfect best player to have alongside him. Uh, no, but it is situation. his best friend. It's his best friend, you know, and, and they'll probably still win 44 <laughs> games per season because, you know, but they'll be good friends while they do it. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Who you got next? Um, next up, number four, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Incre- <laughs> and this is another one that I think he could have easily been like number one on this list, but he's got a championship and that matters to me. Like, it, you know what? Let's it, let's let's ease it. We it- know he can do it. Is he polarizing if everybody is crapping on him at all times? Like, <laughs> he's really fallen. You're right. He's become less polarizing because a lot of people are kind of like, I don't know what's, what the right. heck's up with Kyrie. Like, Cavs fans don't like him. Celtics fans hate him. Brooklyn yeah. fans are like, I guess we got to deal with him. Like, this yeah. is, it's nobody. There are scientists hate him. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of corners <laughs> that strongly dislike him. No, you're right. Like, Maybe he's become less polarizing because he's sort of had this fall. This like, the, I, so the four years ago, you went to championship, and it's like if you were a Kyrie believer, it was see you can do it. He hit the biggest shot. He was the pe- and like, and it's true. He needed it. Like he he was an important piece of a team that made one of the biggest upsets ever in finals history. But <laughs> everything that's happened since then has just been proof for the other side of the that polarization, yeah. the other extreme. Yeah, I, I think that might have been the best we ever saw from Kyrie. Like, I don't think. We'll, I mean, it sh- sure looks like it. I don't. I don't see where where that goes. I feel like all Kyrie's fans are like first semester psych majors, or like yeah, the okay. The, on. <laughs> <laughs> <Moving on. laughs> I got it. I got it. I heard you. All right, we're cool. moving on. All right, who's number next? <laughs> number number three? And it's unfortunate because this injury has kind of taken some of the intrigue off of it. But I think it's Ben Simmons. Yeah, this I, one I actually love because to me, before the injury, this was maybe this could have this could have maybe been number one because I think Ben Simmons is so much better than what people realize. Yeah, he is defined by the one thing he can't and is unwilling to do, and it's it's weird that a player can do everything but one thing, and they're defined by the one thing. <laughs> I mean, it's tough because so much of his impact is on the defensive end, and people just don't seem to care about defense. You know, when you're when you're like, sure. the, like online debates are never Top like, five oh, defender. he's the best defender, you know, that's not right, that's yeah. not usually how that usually goes. Uh, but I, I do kind of think he deserves some of this by being so unwilling to do that, by being so yeah. unwilling to shoot, you know, it, to a certain extent. It's just a question of is that going to like sink you? That's the that's the big question. And I think the people there's a lot of people that say, yes, like you could never build with him because he can he'll never shoot. And you can you just that at some point it'll bite you. And there's other people that say, you know what? It's a flaw. You just have to overcome it. If he bought into being Draymond. He would be phenomenal. He would be tremendous. Like if he if he was just 
he had, Schultz, he's more dynamic offensively though. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I but I'm saying like if he would be a better Draymond is what I'm saying. Like if he bought <laughs> into that role where he was just a super defender who got took advantage of short roll kind of sets that they would run, it, he would be tremendous. He would he would get to crap talk Ru- Russell Westbrook, but you know, so long as he wants to, you know, dominate the ball, you can't have somebody being doll, ball dominant and not be willing to shoot from three-point range in, in the modern NBA. Yeah. He's an interesting one. I hate that he got injured because I think yeah. this would have been a really fascinating stretch for him with him beat out and then a fascinating playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, and maybe he comes back, but probably doesn't sound like it. Mm-hmm. It sounds a little ominous. Number two, Trey Young. This is the only reason he's not number. I think he's going to be number one on this list in like the next three years. Hmm. But Anthony, he's incredible, transcendent offensive player. The Hawks have won like thirty games total with him in the lineup <laughs> over two years. They have seventeen wins, and look, that roster isn't great. It's not you know, but I do see a little bit of you know. I just wonder. He's young enough that I don't. I, I think it's probably even unfair to have him this high, but. I think everybody has a take about Trey Young, and he's awesome. I just, I just wonder if he's like um, a false awesome, and I think a lot of people wonder that. He to me is what Steph Curry critics think Steph is. You think? I think so. I think he's so. so he's such he's a. So, pass, I mean, he's like he's so bad defensively that like well, that's. It, it, and maybe irredeemably so. I think that's a big part of this, right? Yeah. Is he, he's so bad defensively, and I just don't know that there's a path there for him to be like not terrible. Yeah, that and and he's so small that yeah, like you said, I don't know if he ever really improves to that point. And he's going to need the the perfect situation around him. I just don't know what that situation really would look like. All right, who's number one on your list? Number one on my list has to be and LeBron. Fortunately, fortunately, this has gone so long that David Locke is no longer listening. <laughs> Rudy Gobert. <laughs> and, and Anthony, Blue? the reason <laughs> the reason I put him number one on this list, obviously there's recency bias, power rankings of recency, but mm-hmm. you know the he's been talked about as like the most important offense when he's on the the best offensive rating of any setter in the league and mm-hmm. defensively the most defensive player of the year, whatever. It just seems like the Jazz always have this sort of cap to him, and I, I wonder he, – he's a guy, again, I don't want to put – I'm just trying to present both sides of this argument because he really is – can be dominant at yeah. certain things at, for long stretches. But at the same time, there's just this feeling of like, yeah, but is anybody afraid of Rudy Gobert? He's a very polarizing player right now. I'd go a step further and ask, like, does anybody really care about Rudy Gobert? Well, that's you, Anthony. <laughs> you know, there's nothing I like less than when you you give the. Does anybody actually care about? No, but thing I mean, that, like, no, that NBA fans really care about. No, do, but do you think do you think people really care about the starting center on a seventh seed Utah Jazz team? Anthony, they were the two seed like eight days ago. Yeah, <laughs> and they might be they might be the nine seed ten days from now. All right, but the, uh, again, I, I just I think we're being a little quick, and it's not unfair. The Jazz have lost like eight of ten or something, mm-hmm. but it it was literally just a couple weeks ago that they were the number two seed, and it was like, oh, and now look at the schedule, and they can really turn it on. So anyway, I'll, I think I'll, Gobert no, I, is incredibly I'll say, polarizing. I'll, I'll say this to kind of defend Gobert. I think you know to a certain extent, sometimes players who are truly special at at a specific thing that organization will rely way too heavily. Like they'll, they'll get to the point where they realize, Oh crap, we rely way too heavily on that one talent. Right. 
And I think right. that's where I think where the Jazz are right now with Gobert, where they said, you know, what, he's going to make up for any number of deficient uh, defensive deficiencies elsewhere on the court. Uh, and and they got to a point now where they're like, oh, crap, he can't make up for all that. And I don't mm-hmm. know if, you know, to a certain extent, this is being unfairly held against him. But, you know, on the other hand, when he's touted as this Wilt-esque presence, then I, I you know, that criticism can't go far enough, maybe. Would you – this is just a hypothetical, just like a calibration thing. Would a um, Luka Doncic, uh, CJ McCollum, Rudy Gobert trio – like how good is that team? Who's I mean, the basically, you, Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, and I, I, I'm just trying to think of like CJ McCollum, you know, like a, a really good guard shooter. Mm. I don't know. I'm not, I'm lower on CJ McCollum than most. I think they'd be really good in the regular season, but I think they would really struggle in the postseason. If you swapped him with Clay Thompson, there you go. That's, 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 that's a really good team. That's a really good team, I think. Is that, is that a championship team? Mm hmm. I think so. Okay. Now it also you depends on how much Gobert is making. Like if he's, I don't. No, 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 no. I'm just trying to put like in in today's NBA, we can talk about like your three, your core being these three guys, and that to me is like Doncic, a super duper star. Mm-hmm. Gobert, you know, like the elite center behind him, mm-hmm. and then you give him a, a maybe Clay Thompson's too too high on that yeah, list. I, I mean, so. to be honest with you, I mean, yeah. maybe he is. So like if it's but, like, um, if it's Chris Middleton or if it's like. Uh, who'd I mean, be Middleton right now? You see yeah, his number. Really he's good too. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Who's who's like a, a second Ol- tier? Oladipo maybe. I don't know. Like a you second know. tier shooting guard. Yeah, Oladipo might be a good one just because he's coming back from injury. But even Buddy still, Hield I... is like lower. I mean, if we're going yeah. down the. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> that team's become significantly less special with Buddy Hield. I think the point of this conversation is that's really hard to win a championship. It is. <laughs> really it is. The, the league is pretty pretty special right now. I I like this topic though. I kind of want to know what people think. I'm sure the Gobert thing is gonna. I'm surprised LeBron wasn't wasn't part of this. I can't lie. Because how is LeBron controversial? Like what is what what is polarizing about LeBron? He's either the best player in the NBA or like two or three. There's but, always conversation about him. Every single thing he did, there was a conversation but, but about again, whether this, or this not he should have. He attended Kobe's yeah, but, funeral. Yeah, but that's more. We've talked about the difference between polarizing and controversial because we didn't want to. It wasn't about character. It wasn't about this. Okay. It was more about people arguing: Is this guy as good as people say, or okay. is he not? And like. Nobody thinks the lowest Skip Bayless thinks LeBron is a top three player in the NBA. Like, there's nobody <laughs> on earth that thinks LeBron isn't incredibly awesome. I think Bayless probably has him like top five, top seven, maybe. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, that was fun, though. That was a good episode. That was fun. We have, again, the playoff race is really heating up. You're going to see some teams positioning. Uh, the Lakers are already using their load management because they're so far ahead of the Denver Nuggets and everybody else. Uh, really fun. Really fun stretch ahead. Have a great rest fun, of your weekend. Fun, fun tomorrow. By the way, tomorrow night you get Mavericks Heat. That's yep. going to be a good one. Um, Thunder Bucks. That'll be an interesting one. You get Nuggets Clippers on ESPN. That'll be a fun one. There's some fun games. Yeah. It's great Friday night slate. Enjoy that. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week.